Hello again, and welcome to the Red Dwarf Intro Cast, where longtime fans and newbies alike journey into the deepest, darkest regions of space as we talk about Red Dwarf episode by episode. Uh, my name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. And I'm a different Paul. Very, Hi, different Paul. <laughs> very important to point out. I'm not doing any impressions or anything. Hi. <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, Paul Prime could not make it this week. He had a, a family event to attend, so we have brought in a ringer Paul um, to be Paul this week. So you're going ringer to have Paul. to take on a Yorkshire accent. Oh, no. No impressions. No. no and talk no, about don't. banana ketchup. <laughs> no, don't. Yes. No, don't. Don't do that. Don't. No, seriously. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. Um, well, this week we are going to be talking about Series 8, Episode 4, Cassandra. And uh, we will have Shane tell us what that's about in just a moment. But first, uh, Paul, do you want to reintroduce yourself to the listeners? Oh, yes. I forgot about me. Um, I'm Paul Hadsley. Hello. You can follow me on Twitter at Paul Hadsley if you must. Um, I've been on such uh, famous podcasts as the Red Dwarf Introcast Series 4, Episode 2, and the Red Dwarf Introcast Series 6, Episode 2. Uh, that's Ooh. basically me. Oh, also, I sort of do Formula 1 sort of things. It's a Formula 1 in pubs. Uh, events in in England if you're around and you like Formula 1 and the F1 in pubs cast at F1 in pubs cast I don't know how I found myself on the Red Dwarf podcast it just happened but uh, yes growing up with Red Dwarf loved it <laughs> since I was a child so eventually I found my way here for my hat trick on my third time here so thanks for having me so thank you for joining us technically yes. if you count the first three episodes as one episode you're mm. here for another second episode that is true I didn't ah. think of it like that brilliant Thanks for that. <laughs> Don't know where to go from there, but yeah, I, I'm always here for the second episode. I wasn't here for Series 7, I've, I've ruined the chain, but uh, oh well. Oh. Well, uh, and we also have to say goodbye to uh, three um, things that have been a, a long time part of this podcast. Um, Angela's Wisdom Teeth are no longer with us. <laughs> they have, have oh, moved well, on to a better place, good. probably the... The dentist waste bin, I assume. I, I don't know. Maybe he keeps them, makes necklaces out of them or something. But that's that's on him. Um, so, yeah, if Angela's a bit out of it today, um, that's why. Uh, well, Shane, tell us uh, what Cassandra is about. This just sounds everyone up to the Canaries, a prison commando squad, whose first mission is to board a ship underwater on an ocean moon. There, there they encounter Cassandra, who can see into the future. And she reveals that Rimmer is soon about to die. Rimmer tries to cheat the problem without success, and cheers up when he, his his final moments are to be while making love to Kachansky. He accepts his fate, but it seems that Cassandra was lying because what he had, what she had really seen was her was her own death. Yes, indeed. I agree. So. I think um, I think some some points to Angela and I. I think we did an okay job. Well, you know, it was a it was a kind of a giveaway. The name. Well, not necessarily. You have to be you know fairly uh, familiar with with uh, Greek mythology to to pick up on uh, Cassandra there. Oh come on, who isn't um, <laughs> familiar with Greek mythology? Uh, <laughs> yeah. According um, to According Put my to, hand up right now, yeah. so I'm over here. Hello. It's one of these... There's lots of references to Greek mythology and you don't realise that sort of every sci-fi show references something. And when the Red Dwarf... Uh, sorry, when the Doctor Who Cassandra turned up, I thought, oh, they're clearly referencing Red Dwarf. And I think everyone... Oh. Yeah, <laughs> every, 
everyone in Red Dwarf fandom does, and I think even Danny John Jules on the commentary says, "Oh, that Doctor Who completely ripped this off." But uh, I think when there's a, a common reference frame, then it's just different series have different interpretations, and they don't really know about each other. So I don't think Doctor Who even watched this episode before that Cassandra turned up. So no, not. I'm just quelling oh. quelling some fandom there. Sorry. Well, well, you do have fairly established. Uh, British actresses at about the same age, yes, um, being used. So me and you know. <laughs> me and Shane did talk before the podcast, and we said that uh, before uh, until that episode of Doctor Who aired, and we were saying like, oh, wasn't it great that you know they use the same actress as Cassandra <clears throat> and Red Dwarf, and like well, that's not the until Doctor Who fans thought that's not the same actress. <laughs> we, no. we didn't realize it wasn't the same actress. She's quite a famous actress, actually. She's really uh, legit, as they say on the comments. She's, she's super legit. She's so legit. She's a hit I, I can't rhyme but uh yeah she's too too, too legit she? to quit yes. one might say yes <laughs> but yeah one um, from the 90s <laughs> she's miss marple amongst other things um yeah. but uh it's see a dwarf is quite a shock really i don't think she quite knew what she was getting into well when i, and I want to, s- oh, so go, I go to say ahead, when i first watched this episode way back in the day i saw i thought cassandra was zoe wanamaker Hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I thought too. Until Doctor Who aired, I didn't realise it wasn't. <laughs> it was until that was that was when I found out, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I want to say in the Harry Potter books, uh, wasn't Trelawney's mother or grandmother named Cassandra? Left? Yeah, yeah. I think I can't great, remember great grandmother, a few greats. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Anyway, um, <laughs> to Red Dwarf. Uh, let's see. Um, so, well, right in an episode... From, right from the top, actually. Um, this was actually first screened in the US. Oh, Ooh. really? It's my yes. one fact. I had that fact. What? Shane took yeah. that fact. <laughs> yeah, this was first, um, first screened in the US. It, it beat the BBC over here in the UK. Oh, Weird. dear. And we... And we pay the license fee, and you get our Red Dwarf, and you get our Doctor Who trailers. Oh, we're angry. Hey, we didn't get the Doctor Who trailer. The few people who were able to be at that panel in Comic-Con, yeah, regardless of nationality or ethnicity... <laughs> I know, please Doctor don't. Let's, let's please not start that argument, because I don't believe it either. <laughs> it just happened. Oh, dear. But yes, I know. It's weird that that happened. I don't think... I think it was just they were airing Simuel's cast the same week and America went first on a different day. I don't think it was mm. a massive, by a massive amount of time. But, you know, we got mm-hmm. Stargate SG-1 first, so, yeah. Well, and we had to wait, like, a month for the court, for the last, uh, the World's End. Yeah. Uh-huh. The last of the Cornetto trilogy, so. Which you haven't seen yet. And a we lot have. of Hollywood movies, <laughs> actually, uh, a lot of Hollywood movies actually pop up over there, like, a week or two before they do here. Star Trek yeah. came out here first, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Which was weird, but you know, I was happy. <laughs> anyway, well, <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm not sure that you got a, much of a benefit there. Ooh, let's, hey, um, let's, so, argue, let's argue later. <laughs> let's have a big <laughs> argument after the podcast Indeed. when people you aren't mis- listening to us on this, two times speed. <laughs> because this is a good episode, so let's talk about it. Um, yes. We begin with uh, Rimmer and Lister stuck in the cell together. Which you know, I guess it's a nice nod back. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt it felt a little bit better than uh, than their attempts at that in uh, uh, back in the red. Indeed. 
That's, that's not the first thing you see, though. Cause the f- oh, yeah, yeah. First, we have Lister talking with Holly, right? Which is the only Holly scene yeah. today. Yes. And Holly has a, a cunning plan. Yes. Which he wants is- Leonard to buy a, uh, Lister to buy a tur- turnip. Hmm? <laughs> Wait, wrong, wrong cunning plan. I was just um, about to launch into something. <laughs> so, yes, to Long turn into a television dog. program. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But no, the plan was, what, to turn into a dog? Yes. Yeah. Which everyone totally seems to think, what a stupid plan. But considering this has been a chicken, it's not the worst plan in the world. True. And a hamster. And, and see, I have a theory that um, that uh, he didn't get foiled. He's still just, you know, messing around with them. Hmm. That he's, he's still, intentionally hmm. doing all this stuff. Like, he's the one that made Lister sign up for the Canaries, so he, he is in a bit. He yeah. tricked him. So yeah, Holly's still playing his keeping Lister sane game. Yep. By risking yeah. his life at every opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, um, he, the whole Canary thing, well, it may in fact turn out well for him. I haven't seen, we haven't seen the next episode yet. We always wait until after we podcast, but... So he apparently, I would say, acquitted himself better than a lot of the other canaries. Hmm. So, you know, maybe he'll well, get a pris- prison promotion. Well, except for the crazy guy. No, he was the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kill, kill crazy is my hero. Yeah. Yes. Oh, are we talking about him later? Or? Yeah, please oh, do. Yeah. We, we've got to. Um, I've got a quote from Doug Nather here. Um, putting, uh, rightly or wrongly... Silent. Sorry, Paul. It's a silent dog made, sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, um, it was there from the end of the last series, um, referring to um, everyone going into jail. Hmm. I wasn't sure how this prison thing was going to last, but we thought we'd write a few episodes and see where it went. Okay. You see, the, ca- <laughs> the canary thing... Makes it inter- up as it goes along. <laughs> the canary thing, though, is a way that, obviously, if you were this doing that, you would... I would volunteer for Canaries because it gets you out of the prison. But I guess from a show point of view, it gets it lets them have missions off the ship and mm-hmm. while they're st- while they're still in prison. But sort of like it's t- two contrasting notions: having them in prison and still having them having adventures. But yeah, you know, mm-hmm. oh, if I say I was this, I'd be going for it because yeah, you get to not sit around in the jail all day. True. Risky as it is. <clears throat> and apparently, they do some sort of work, I guess, in mm. the prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had said last time that you know you think at least there would be like instead of sticking him in a jail cell that they would have some kind of work release or something. But um, yeah, apparently they just send them off on awful, <laughs> dangerous duty. This is a I, the Red Dwarf ship is not a nice place. Well, this, I think this is floor thirteen, isn't it? This is uh, deliberately made to be harsh because it's a prison. I'm sure the rest of the ship's very nice, but uh, floor thirteen's deliberately <laughs> harsh. <laughs> well, yeah, but. You you take prisoners and use them as cannon fodder? That's not cool. <laughs> and, like, the captain seems so cheery about, ha ha, yes, something ate these people, bones and all. You go mm. get killed now. Bye! Well, <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's no... You could argue that they only came up with the idea once they realised they were stuck three million years and plus... Three million plus years and no one around to police them so they thought oh we've got these prisoners here what do we do with them because they're only supposed to be <laughs> what I remember for the one line of dialogue they're only supposed to be transporting them from one moon yeah. to another I think so well, no, got... they um, they really haven't so far talked about 
the the main crew's reaction or how much they've figured out about their state of things. Like, you know, they they said that the, uh, what was it, some machine, soup machine, toaster, microwave. <laughs> some machine Coffee was spreading machine. it around that, that they were in a different place and different time, but they haven't properly addressed what people think about their situation or how clear they are as to what's happened. I think by now he's the tampon dispenser officially. So. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's true with the obviously the fact they're sending people on missions maybe means they've come to terms with it and they're just looking for whatever they can find. Just basically doing what Lister and Rimmer did before they were revived but in a more official military capacity looking for derelicts and salvaging them. Hmm. Well in a deleted hmm. scene the tank is described as having freezing conditions, no entertainment and lazy lukewarm food. Hmm. Right, it's a prison. <laughs> Mm. So yeah, you'd want to escape. Get get me a canary uniform, please. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, sending the people um, on the most dangerous missions and uh, putting them in bright yellow, is <laughs> <laughs> so they could be spotted if they run away. Obviously, exactly. and calling them canaries. I mean, not cool. That is a good joke. So though. I don't want to ruin the quotes for later, but the, the whole canary making them do some mining. I did laugh. Yeah, yeah. And of course they find, yeah, Lister realises that no, there will be no singing. Much to catch <laughs> dismay. They all had different routines worked out. You notice they all mm. did little dances. Well. Yeah. Quentin's doing a shuffle, Cat's doing something with his hands. It's like, well, what, how far did, how long do these Rimmer lessons take place for this mistake? And well. Kachansky's doing a crazy, crazy dance. Mm. So <laughs> they wanted, they really wanted to be singers. <laughs> So, let's see then. Okay. So, they go, and we get uh, a couple new characters come into play here. We meet Kill Crazy. Oh, yes. oh you got love Kill Crazy. Yes. Uh, like I have to yeah. confess, that's the reason I chose this episode, because when I first... I've talked really? About, I talked about my first uh, forays into fandom when I first got a murder before, but when I first was on the Red Dwarf Forum back in when this was airing, I was Kill Crazy 47. He was love just... Just basically, and it was all because, not because of the second bit, which is still funny, but the first bit when he got really excited, cheered, and then just walked off. He's, he's so excited, and then he realizes no which, one else is, and he's like, oh. Yeah. I was trying to rewind that to see, does he look at the camera? But I don't care, it's hilarious. Oh, so great. And then immediately clangs himself on the head. As oh, that guy is a, he's a really serious soap actor now. He's been in EastEnders. Oh, is he? <laughs> Series eight is just like who is in what soap? Because is he on androids? No, it's, it's the it's the London one full of Cockney gangsters. It doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, it's um, <laughs> I'm trying to work out. There was Chen and Selby in the first episode, and they're both from EastEnders at various times. Kill Crazy in EastEnders, and it's Kill, uh, it's just to widen the soaps out. Craig Charles is in Coronation Street. Street. Yes. Yeah, and I think it carries on. I won't spoil any more bit part actors, but uh, there's quite a lot of people from soaps in this series for whatever reason. It reminded me a little bit of uh, almost an audit, sort of the Bill Paxton character in Aliens. Mm. The, Game over, man! Game over! <laughs> well, of course, you know that um, that God, I can't remember, Matt McDonald yeah. actually mm-hmm. appeared. Yes. In a, she appeared in Aliens. Mm. Did he? He did. I didn't know that. Mm. He um, he appears as the. I think he's a station commander. Oh, that's funny. Wait a minute. 
And in Aliens, there was an in-depth conversation about donuts. Was he Dennis the Donut Boy? <laughs> <laughs> he's in the um, he's in the extended cut. Ah, because there's um, there's actually a um, quite a long scene aboard um, the outpost before mm. rip- before they uh, find out uh, and get to the alien ship. And he's yeah. and he's a second commander. Cool. Sadly, he's also probably got not much of a role in this episode either. He just turns up, shoves them off, and then you don't see him either. Yeah. Him in versus yeah. Holly, who's who's getting the most least lines here? Yeah, and there was one scene that sort of irked me, where like he was, it was between when they were doing the singing thing, and the warden mm. was, you know, uh, berating them, and <laughs> then like. The, the guy Mr. Not. the man yeah yeah so then the captain is like just staring off into space not reacting <laughs> just mouth hanging open and I'm like mm-hmm. what are you doing are you like what? in your happy place or did someone <laughs> switch you off while he all was, this was going on he, he was JD'ing man he nice. was yeah, he was he like was. riding a unicorn <laughs> <laughs> he's JD'ing the new OD'ing so Eagle. But uh, um, well, that, sorry, uh, that was a, a Scrubs reference. To yeah, those I, I, who I seen that. Fast forward. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> most I noticed that Mister Not. I just watched this episode now. Mister Not or Warden Not. He um, changes sides when Ackham is going up and down the stairs. He's on the left, and then he appears on the right hand side to squeeze Wimmer's nuts. Oh, bad continuity there. Awful. Mm. But at least we. I think maybe those are Crichton's nuts from last episode that we we're looking for. Maybe. Well, that scene. Um, which is well, which was that set that we that we seen before at the end of Back in the Red Part Three. It was actually a third relief pumping station. Ooh. Is it the same one from Justice? No. Oh, I hear pumping station. That's the first thing I think of. Cause it was also <laughs> Games Master. <laughs> it was also a, a game, computer game related TV show that I used to love as a child. For those oh. who didn't watch Games Master, but uh, Patrick Moore. No, never mind. No, <laughs> I know Captain N, the Game Master, but not Games Master. Oh, Games Master is amazing. Danny John Jules um, was on it once, so you know there's a tenuous connection. There you go. Yeah, um, so. yeah. Apparently, it was uh, the entrance is in, in, in on a little roundabout, and it's nothing mm. much to see until you actually go downstairs. See, I, I listened to the commentary they thought might help me out with this but none of the cast can remember where that was either Robert Llewellyn thought they were in a closed tube station <laughs> that wasn't helpful they weren't so no facts on the cast because they've got no memory he doesn't know where he is half the time he just sort of <laughs> it's okay. he can't see <clears throat> he can't see much I imagine he's got no can't peripheral see vision or hear. they just sort of shove him into place and let him say his lines it's... bring him in a horse box yes. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> What's that love? As I just said, he uh, just says, "Okay, where do I go for makeup today?" Okay, <laughs> after that, just shove me around. No, wait, no, no, wait! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! I've got it! I've got it! Don't tell me! <laughs> uh. So, well, moving on with the episode. Oh, oh okay, more about the power station. No, it's for that for the pumping station. Yeah, My he. mistake, please. So I'm that, so sorry. Was that that the water that they had in the episode? Was that actually from the pumping station? They, that's why they chose it, or was it? So, uh, just you know, them throwing water around. Uh, just some. Throwing. Well, that's no. 
that's that was actually a set. This this was actually the, oh. we're talking about the bit at the very very start. Oh, I thought because they went to a pumping station so they could use water. Silly me. <laughs> well, <laughs> make it realistic for once. And apparently, of co- and of course, on a very lovely on a nice warm day, it could mm. smell. Of course. Indeed. So what was it pumping? Uh, well, it was actually um, it's only it was a flood relief pumping station. Oh, so right, okay. If there was a flood, it would pump. But if it was a right. you know. We've now said pump far too many times to make it. <laughs> it's now hilarious. Pump. Stop saying pump. Sorry. <laughs> Angela's in charge. I am. So, okay, okay. Mega Red Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure that there were no more. But, but okay, good. I was, so, was going to say I've got some notes on this episode because I actually did it professionally. But uh, back in the first scene. Um, Rumors talks about the men's bogs because that's where they find the canary poster. But uh, they have mm-hmm. a toilet right, right in their room, so why are they risking the bogs? Mm. Oh. Mm. Could that also be where the showers are? Oh, oh don't know. You put posters in the showers? Oh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, and there's a certain. I, want, I don't know if we're going to talk about the rudest joke we've had so far. But uh, Rumors. Oh, the tennis joke? Yes, the tennis joke. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I was quite young. I had to ask my mum what it Aww. meant. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, Thanks for that like, one. What are you wearing? What are you watching? <laughs> mum was not like that. Um, she, yeah, I was like, oh, she was, she was fair. She, watched, she likes Red Dwarf, I think. Well, she puts up with it anyway, but uh, <laughs> from what I remember, I don't know, there's a lot of embarrassed faces. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> yes. Adult content for no reason out of nowhere. Surprise, adult joke. Yeah. Well, he likes to <laughs> likes to write his clever dialogue. He is a cunning linguist. Uh-huh. But, um, <laughs> I was also I've got a note that says, "Is Heath going to sing Sunshine Over Your Life?" No. Oh, good. No. Oh, good. Oh, well. wasn't planning on it anyway. Okay. So um, they get there to the place, and they finally meet Cassandra. And Cassandra is kind of creepy with her whole predicting. (laughs) She's cool, but yeah. It's a creepy concept, the idea of, yeah. Now I looked at her, her hairstyle reminded me of Chiana a bit in Farscape. Hmm. I can see that, yeah. Not her mannerisms, really, but just a a look. Mm hmm. Sorry, carry on. (laughs) But then as she's talking. Then, when she's saying dialogue before they can say dialogue, then, <laughs> I don't know, that, that weirded me out, because I'm not sure if I would have said the dialogue after she said what my dialogue would be with such conviction as, say, Kachansky did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Funny enough, in the spoilers group, we predicted you'd say exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, really? And then, no, you're having me on. Well, in point of fact, though, she was wrong at one point. She, Crichton never finished the sentence that he was about to say because she said it. Yeah, I think that was, it was obvious. Yeah. Yeah, but he never said it. She predicted the future wrong. True, true. So was she already lying at that point? Unless she knew... Had Hal made an error, or was he... (laughs) Okay, sorry. Unless she knew that Coyton was going to say precisely, so she had to make sure everyone understood. The Cassandra 9000 is incapable of error. (laughs) 
this whole episode is second guessing now, isn't it? Now we're back into the time travel bit. <laughs> it's going to be second guessing yes. Cassandra. And was she being accurate as to Lister's mode of death? Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, he certainly looked to be up in years in future Echoes. I don't know about 181, but... Mm, well, you have to wonder how much he had a robot arm in that episode, didn't he? So is he going to be all yeah. just, just a head and then a robot body? Or, or do people just live that long in the Red Dwarf universe? I don't know. Well, maybe he had to... Maybe his robot arm was malfunctioning, so that's why he had to use his teeth. Ah. Brilliant. Ha ha. Now we know. It has been the Knowing is half the battle. What's that, Shane? It has been accounted for. It has. Nice. It has. You you obviously can't use one arm. That would be silly. Yeah. You'd, You'd have to... I, I don't know. Let's get well, off this. Lister <laughs> could. He's a pro. He used to practice on the uh, the armchair. Oh, remember? Yeah. Mm. Yes. yes so. yeah. Enough about bars. <laughs> so back to Brazier cast. We. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's. Let's uh, head Cassandra there. Yeah. We find out everybody's going to die except for the main cast. Uh, Sans Rimmer, who's going to die in twenty minutes. Except then, he uses a bit of timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly to straight-up murder another guy. <laughs> and he's called Not, which is well, it was one of my favourite jokes. Yeah, it was the it's guy bit... who grabbed his balls, so, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Fair Revenge. play about. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourite jokes is that the, it's a bit Police Squad or, you know, Naked Gun movies, but he's called Not, who's on first, all that. And, you know, like... This, this, hello, this is Mr. Rimmer. No, it's not. What? Not? This, like, carries on. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not that it matters. Oh, right. But the that audience didn't. Fun. And when he was dying as well, I was like, it's not. It's like, the audience just didn't want to laugh at that. I was laughing. I was like, how are you, audience? This is funny. There's me arguing for studio. There's me arguing for studio audience when Series 7 was on. I was like, well, maybe they're not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we get into questions of causality, which is, can the future be changed, or will it? Will the seen future already be what you're changing the future to? Um, I've already yeah. lost. <laughs> it's it's a bit of a headache, yeah. So if, if somebody can predict the future, can mm. you use the knowledge of the future to change it? But if so, then have you counteracted the initial seeing of the future? Yeah. Well, that's uh. the work. We've got the... We potentially have the... Um, grandfather paradox and time travel we've got yes the bootstrap paradox Boot, bootstrap is, yeah you know so <clears throat> but it did mean yeah, a nice yeah. call back to future echoes mm-hmm. even though only two characters out of the five can actually remember future mm-hmm. echoes <laughs> but yeah so this isn't the cat's private little joke yeah That's and hey so that weird. was that was the episode where a uh, cat broke his tooth so Yay, <laughs> <laughs> I just had a conversation with Rosie about the bootstrap paradox because of uh, Blink. She's finally watching more Doctor Who. When did you did you just do, you, did you pause us? Did you time us out? <laughs> what? <laughs> just had a conversation just then. That was quick. 
Oh, it had. Recently. <laughs> oh. But so we're, well, we're talking about time travel at the moment, so, you know. <laughs> yes. He reveals he can pause and have separate conversations and come back. Well, you know, Get he has the Zach Morris power of snapping his fingers and... Yes. <laughs> no, it's it's the, the hero power, yes. <laughs> of, of having one awesome TV season and a bitter disappointment for the rest. Um, yeah. <laughs> We could use so, editing. We could use editing to do the same thing because you could turn up at the end of the podcast and say more things and time out. This is what happens now. Oh uh, yeah, that, uh, we could, but that would take effort. So <laughs> probably won't. But it's a brilliant idea. I know. <laughs> I have them. I don't want to say take again? any effort. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, good ideas and then make assume everyone else will do the work. Nah, nah. <laughs> um, I do like their plan though. Their plan to save Rimmer. Which is, yeah, they figure out that if you know exactly when you're going to die, then nothing can kill you until it's time for you to die. So, uh, they figure that they're invulnerable and that they can use that to protect Rimmer and circumvent his fate. Mm-hmm. Good in theory. Bad in practice. Bad in practice, <laughs> yes. Yes. Because they don't look down at all. Look down, look <laughs> down, there is a big old hole. They were thinking two dimensionally. No Russell Crowing on this podcast. <laughs> we will sing, but we will draw the line at Russell Crowe singing. I'm sorry, guys. That oh, late Miss performance yeah. was. Uh, I know he has his his rock band, and I'm sure he's he's quite brilliant. Um, but Probably no. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I had, I'm, I'm going to have to write a letter to Gerard Butler saying, I'm, I have to apologize because I thought you being cast as the Phantom was the worst possible casting that could ever happen in a musical. I was wrong. <laughs> Russell Crowe has made you look so brilliant. Um, so next week on Musical yeah, Cast, lost. we're going to be getting into West Side <laughs> Story. And... Well, I've seen her fall into a vent in the space-time continuum into a different podcast. <laughs> Oh, a magic door. a lot. It's a, a magic door. No, oh, don't. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. Ostrich. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Am I the Rimmer only one figures. Who's on pain meds here, or? <laughs> I had a coffee and some Skittles. It makes me hyper. Sorry, it's like sorry, an urban sorry, legend. The... Don't have coffee. Sorry, that was the uh, autocorrect function I stored in Paul's microphone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sounds like an urban legend. Don't have coffee and Skittles together, man. It'll get you <laughs> high. Really? Sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Although that would explain those Skittles commercials. Mm-hmm. So, Red Dwarf. Um, yes, they decide that uh, that, yes, they are going to die... Uh, they don't know what they're going to do, um, but they get another prediction, which is that Rimmer is going to die uh, making love to Kachansky. Um, <laughs> Kachansky is not thrilled by this. Or would you be? <laughs> no, not particularly. Yeah, but Rimmer is taking a rather philosophical view on the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't know what, where he is in his timeline. Has Magruder happened? 
Hmm, yes. Yes, it has, because in the flash forward, in uh, back in the red, oh. then he was talking about uh, Yvonne Magruder. Or just Lister used future knowledge Lister to know right. that Rimmer liked Magruder and used yeah. it to tease I've, him. I still have... No, he, but he said, I got there first, didn't he? And mm. I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but uh, anyway, I got the impression that Magruder had already happened. Oh, okay. That many? Yes. Twice in one lifetime, and, and then death. Oh, uh, Kachansky gets... Uh, oh, we have a reference back. She wants to play the opera game. Yes! <laughs> oh, I squeed at that moment. You, again, the audience missed it. I know, stupid audience. <laughs> well, now they we, probably held the same opinion of Series 7 as most fans. <laughs> um, I was going to ask... What do you think of the new look, Kuchensky? I, you, you keep saying, did she change her hair again slightly? Because, well, no, the thing is, well, I mean, because of course, um, uh, uh, antagonism has somewhat disappeared. Mm-hmm. Wait, did, I'm sorry, did you say new look or? Well, I meant new look. I meant new look as in a. Um, Overall sense, not just her physical appearance. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I, I thought I thought you meant she had changed her appearance again. Um, I I, I don't know. I, mean, she's, I don't see her. She's far less nutty than she was. I didn't notice that big of a change. I mean, she and Crichton have been at least more well-manneredly poking at each other, and yeah. um, I yeah, I, I didn't. I think it's less of a change in her character and more of a she is reacting differently to different surroundings to me. Mm, could be. I do think that, yeah, she had more of a right to... Like, they never really confronted Lister about signing them up for death. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was surprising. Yeah. But All again, that it happened could've... off camera. It could have been a flash yes. forward. It, it, there's not really a sense of time in this episode, is there? So that could have happened between the ball grabbing and maybe on the on the what was it the diving bell down? Maybe they had yeah. a good argument. Mm. I don't think there's any deleted scenes that confirm this is the show. No, no, I believe so. Bummer. It was cut the best bits out. But no, I mean, I really didn't notice any, anything come very different about her. I'll keep an eye out, though. But yeah, I mean, um, I think she seems more comfortable. The actress does in her role, mm. and I think they've sort of stopped self-consciously writing her as a woman. You know? Yeah. Well, she's very much part of the team now as, as an actress. When she first came in, Suicide Seven, she's naive and not naive, but she's worried about breaking into such a close-knit group especially yeah. as they were all guys and she was going to be the only girl And but then by series 8 she's obviously part of the team one of the posse and uh, yeah she feels a lot more comfortable about, about her role well that should obviously reflect on the screen at some point she's a dwarfer <laughs> boys and girls from the dwarf Indeed. oh on the uh, on the uh, um, Dragon Con uh, page I gave us a bit of an ad you know it's like uh, on the Brit track uh page specifically of the British TV fandoms and I was like hey you know I'm not going to advertise too much but here's this podcast and I think you might like it and then one person was like yeah I just started watching Red Dwarf it's interesting but man that show could use more of a female presence am I the only one that thinks that 
So I just had to refrain myself from... (laughs) You need to listen to that podcast. We may discuss that once or twice or 300 times. Occasionally. (sighs) But you know, this was an intelligent female computer. It's a shame Holly didn't get to meet her. Maybe I know! I, I sort of, now that I look back, I sort of wish, you know, they had a snark fest. It would have been yeah. fun. Well, last time that happened, he ended up wearing her face for a few years, so oh, I don't think we can afford Joe to McLuhan for that. <laughs> <laughs> Except, you know, the next episode, he would just be her, and we wouldn't really get an explanation well, so much as a fast-forwarded <laughs> scroll. <laughs> At least, oh, you, you didn't see the deleted scenes of Series 7, did you? No. Has anyone linked you to them yet on the Facebook? Uh, they might have. I'm trying to think if we watched them. We might have actually. We might have forgotten to. At we least get on the way. Really busy guy. <laughs> no, Red Dwarf yeah. is your priority. You will I've do Red got, Dwarf first. I've got a stack of papers staring at me, accusingly here. Me too. <laughs> but yeah, basically, at least when they switched him back, there was a line that said, um, "The nanites." Switch rebooted me to my core program, and I finally yeah. realised I'm not a woman. <laughs> it's like that's all you got this time. Aww. Yeah, some, somebody had talked about it. Uh, probably me, actually. Okay. Oh, probably. <laughs> I think I'm in the comment section as well, but forgetting I was on there. But yeah. Aww. Anyway, so let's see. Lister figures out uh, Cassandra's game somehow. No, Crichton figured it out. Crichton figured it out. Crichton told Lister. Oh, oh yeah. okay. He did a lot of figuring out because he uh, he worked out earlier that she could predict the future and the ship was hidden to hide her. But then he just read that off a mission directive. So maybe there's another one upstairs that he read. Okay, I missed where it was Crichton that worked it out. I thought it was Lister. Oh, Crichton figured it out. I thought mm. it. I completely misheard. Yeah. Rim mostly says it quite because, bitterly. Mostly because Lister ends this episode like a boss. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it suicide by Cassandra? Because the whiskey ended up killing her, but Lister brought the whiskey in with him, and if she hadn't have told him, then he wouldn't have come to bring the whiskey to her. Oh, it's oh, so confusing. Don't start that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it was the chewing gum that killed Well, yeah, but it yeah. knocks chewing gum fan. <laughs> chewing gum fan, whiskey, uh, then it's the pipes that overload yeah. and blow her up it's, it's a Rube Goldberg death by Rube Goldberg I have and to then say somehow that her, makes breakfast as it's doing it <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say her final look was just the best look of the episode her final oh, yeah. I told you so face was just fantastic Oh, it's, I could have that as a screensaver could just her looking like <laughs> see see <laughs> it's brilliant could have it as a meme I surprise people don't I told you. But I remember when we first watched this episode, and and I I really agree, but yeah, Angela was particularly impressed by the ending because that is Lister's character. Self-determinism is very important to him. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, even when he thought that he was supposed to die on the bridge there, then he didn't like cower or or, cry about it. He, Mm. you know, put on his hat, grabbed a grab something to beat death across the head with and, you know, went to face death like, like a man, because that's, that's what he does. When it suited him, what's the episode, Shane, where they travel back to Red Dwarf's past in Series 2? Uh, Station Sneak. 
Oh, don't. No, I was going to ask. I was going to get Heath to say. I forgot. <laughs> he forgot. He, it's Heath's black spot. Um, sorry, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan <laughs> of the podcast. I have back references. The black spot. <laughs> but yeah, um, he when he saw a picture of his future self, Marian Kachansky, he was fine with uh, future determinism because he wanted to make mm. that happen. Mm. So he's not. You know, it suits, when it suits him, he's fine. When it when it doesn't, he fights yeah. against it. But this episode was, I think, very much inspired by uh, Future Echoes. I mean, they reference it, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of... I think I remember the the press, actually. All the press before Series 8 was how they were taking Meddorf back to its roots. And this was around the 10th anniversary. They were saying, like, we've got the bunk room scene. We've carefully recreated the Series 1 sets, you know, and that was <laughs> only used for, like, 10 minutes in the first episode. But well, um, 30 seconds. Was it? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Or maybe I've seen deleted scenes, I can't remember. But, um, you know, and they've I've got the uniforms, the sets, and, and they're bringing back the original Rimmer and resetting the list of Rimmer relationship. And then sort of everything else that they've had since then, like Kachansky and Crichton, sort of trying to fit them in. But And obviously Holly's back too. But So I think, obviously, they thought, or Doug thought, let's have one of the original scripts back as well. <laughs> uh, and jazz that up ten years later. But, yeah, it, it, this whole series seems to be focused on being series one. And I don't mm. quite know why, but... You know, back to its roots, back in the well, red. It worked for this one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't find it too derivative. Um, yeah. Not particularly. It also. I mean, yeah, very, very similar, but not like, you know, mm-hmm. not not unoriginal. I guess is what I'm saying. Mm. Could be a but, sequel. But some of my yeah, favorite yeah. Lister moments have been the big speech at the end moments, hmm. and he definitely gives that for this one. Sort of picture mm-hmm. that as his hero moments. Also, I was about to say the point. Actually, I was going to say when I was uh, the thing about resetting things to series one is this episode. The reason Doug wanted to write it because he thought he assumed the fans would expect Rumor to die mm-hmm. because he I really did. He yeah. would be a hologram in the next episode, which is still a bit existential if you think about it, because he would still be dead and there'd just be a computer program running his memories or his recorded yeah. program, but. It's, but everyone expected Rimmer to be a hologram, so that's why it was Rimmer that was picked as the one that was going to die, and everyone thought, oh, he will definitely die. This will happen. Yeah. Cassandra is right, because he will be a hologram in the next episode, so that's why he chose to m- make this whole episode, really, apparently. Well, um, well the fact Shane's about to say that was wrong. No, I'm not saying that at all, <laughs> actually. wrong, and you feel bad. <laughs> I'll go then, bye. <laughs> No, please come back! Please come back! <laughs> okay, I'm coming. What, what were you going to say, Shane? I Sorry. was going to say, there was actually something filmed, uh, I believe it was for Comic Relief. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I like Comic Relief stuff. Um, that was filmed on the Blue Midget set. Yes, which is a spoiler, because we saw that before the series. Yes. However... Uh, in that little sketch for Comic Relief, I believe uh, Rimmer's a hologram. Is he? Mm. I can't remember. I'm going to look at YouTube. <laughs> I'm sure it's somewhere. Hmm. I'm sure I've got it saved somewhere. But I mem- that was a massive spoiler that Blue Midget was in that. Although, to be fair, we'd seen Blue Midget um, in the remastered episode, hadn't we? So we'd seen its new look. We just weren't mm. sure how we'd, how we'd got back to Blue Midget. But yeah, it was a, even though it wasn't really, you wouldn't say it was canon. This little sketch they did, it was basically just yeah. to raise money. But uh, it was just a nice little. They've done the same with Doctor Who little minisodes now, haven't they? They have. Yeah. 
yeah. uh, s- mm-hmm. certain things. But yeah, it was like, Ooh, a big incidentally, spoiler. There's a new one written by Neil Gaiman. We got to watch that. Love it has River Ooh. Song. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, we haven't yet. That. We haven't yet. Spoilers. I will not say anything, but <laughs> there's actually three, by the way. But anyway, it's because the DVD's been released and some people are capping yeah. it. It's been released somewhere. But yeah, anyway, back to Red Dwarf. People are fast forwarding as I speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. and another thing about comic relief. No, <laughs> there isn't. A, have you seen them doing Bohemian Rhapsody? Which yeah. was done no. during yeah, series I, I, six. I put that on the, I put that on the uh, route myself. Yes. Hmm. We get really busy. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, Red Dwarf is sometimes, your priority. Sometimes we do well to watch the show. Yeah. Uh, Red Dwarf. Let's first. just not watch this week. Let's just pretend like we did. And no, yeah. we would no, never do that. Never no. do that. Exactly. But now you've actually got me wondering. Now this whole this whole John Hurt Doctor could he be the Rowan Atkinson Doctor from the comic relief bit? <laughs> There's actually there's, there's that's why the doctor is so disgusted with it. There's about there's about four or five, well, there's about three actually different doctor ninth doctors, isn't there? There's mm-hmm. there was a there was an animated one by Richard E. Grant, and then there was the Rowan Atkinson one, and then I think there's another one somewhere. But uh, yes, mm-hmm. you, by the way, Shane, you're right. Rimmer is in his blue suit during the sketch, and Lister's in his uh, series six attire. I'm watching it. I'll, I'll post it to the Facebook group when this episode's over. Unless it, I, when I, I watch it first and see if it has any spoilers in it, but cool. <laughs> I will post it soon. Well, Lovely. I also filmed a lot of um, stuff for various PBS stations as well. Oh, I've not seen. Mm. I've not seen that. Mm. The um, you know the old don't donate to your local PBS station. Well, obviously PBS is a big deal if they were airing it first. <laughs> Well, the thi- well, at the two hundred dollar level, you'll get this lovely t- tote bag. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the thing with that though, um, um, with the fact that uh, some American PBS stations actually show show the entire ser- season in one go. On, well, that's crazy. Yeah, on March the seventh. While well, we <laughs> saw this episode over here, on as I get, as I get the date up. Uh, between February and April, it was shot. Uh, uh, sorry, it was uh, hmm. uh, shown over here. However, some PBF stations actually um, done the entire uh, season on March seventh. That's of 1989. Mind you, eight episodes a season. That's nothing compared to that, is it? They used to twenty-three or so. Well, so I'm four hours. So hmm. I'm just wondering why Rimmer has such a hard time getting along with women. You can't fault his seduction tactics. Well, pity. <laughs> He's a pity. Giant pity party. <laughs> the only time he, she, Kachansky was slightly receptive to him was when he was feeling sorry for himself and mm-hmm. she felt sorry for him as well. So, And then he kind of ruined it by showing her her own knickers. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't Which for know. our American audience, that would mean underwear. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, we so. like to translate. <laughs> Children in need is. Oh, never mind. Um, it's a it's a challenge. So I think. Oh yeah. So I think we have about hit uh, hit the end here. Any more comments before? Uh, we... Let me look through. Oh yeah, Rumor has good ideas. Sometimes he actually came up with the plan to get not. That was actually a good idea from Rumor. Yeah. Well, it was. It was an effective idea. I don't know that good is... 
So if it's murdering, it was technically accelerating his already chosen death by ten minutes or whatever it was. I've got a. Um, I've just got a quick notes. You could say that about any murder. Uh, well, yeah, he was going <laughs> to die anyway. He had what thirty, forty years at most. I've got a quick uh, comment from no, um, Norman Levitt saying how much you love the dog gag. <laughs> he's he's really I'm, I'm, sarky on the commentary. He is really. He says he likes the episode at the end, but all the way through he's moaning and saying how you know your actors get over it. When Chloe Annett says about how she hated the water, and Robert Llewellyn says, "Oh, you got hot water. We had cold water last year." It's like, oh, shut up, guys, divas. <laughs> Norman Lovett is such a, a moan. I know it's his personality, and sometimes I find it really hilarious. But on this episode, I was like, God, oh, Norman. And then he goes, the commentary ends, it's hilarious actually, he just says, right, that's it, I'm, I need a wee, and he just, just ends, and he walks out, it's a why bit like Kill Crazy. Why is he even on the commentary? He was only there for like two minutes. Well, the captain's on it as well. Oh, he was, wow. And he was in Back in the Red Part 2 when he, Norman was, when he was, wasn't even in that episode apart from a voice, so <laughs> I think they just, they did it all in one go, yeah. <laughs> wow, that sounds like, fun. okay, I'm, I'm, we're going to have to get a hold of these commentaries someday, love. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, all the, you haven't got uh, the time. All the DVDs are actually available in America. I know yeah. for like yeah, but, mm. <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> they're not DVDs so old fashioned. They're Netflix, man. They live in the Although future. Although we really, we really can't listen to any of the commentaries now, though, just because they'll probably have spoilers for uh, future episodes, last uh, seasons. I can, I can say. Um, when we finish season eight, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll <laughs> be fine. Okay. Mm. But it's it's basically about it's like they turn it into a competition about who's getting the best woofers, like the the best lines. They call call them woofers because the audience goes mm. woof. But uh, and yeah, and who's like the best? Who's the cheesiest actors? Who's large ham ham? A bit hammy there. It's all it is with them. It's not really that in depth, I'm afraid. There's some nice details and some bits that obviously we. I think all the stuff. You, that you want to hear people tell you in the comment uh, tell you in the podcast <laughs> oh okay but there's also lots of stuff about where they filmed it and they not lots of stuff about them not remembering <laughs> oh, the best people on the commentary actually are Matt McDonald and Hattie Hadridge and obviously Hattie Hadridge's not there anymore but she was good when she was on it uh, and everyone mm-hmm. else is yeah just yeah, basically she's quite a funny actress oh she yeah she didn't get she... many lines <laughs> and a, if you ever see a stand up it's really good and um, that's what she, that's her bread and butter, her main career. But uh, Holly was a bonus. But yeah, so, but she's actually and her. I don't know if it's spoilers to do. That, I think on the series three DVD, she does a dimension jump convention uh, video, which is at, which is hilarious. Of all the best costumes, there's people like we've just some people have put like half an effort because it's obviously a costume competition. Uh, and mm-hmm. someone's got a H, you know, someone's got uh, cat costumes and someone's dressed up as hollow ship or whatever, but then at the end it just pans down the line of costumes and there's a Crichton from when he was squashed into a cube. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that guy waddled around all day for that. <laughs> like, that's dedication. <laughs> that's well done, mate. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> so, let's see. We probably need to go ahead and uh, do some feedback or something. Uh, well, first we need to play an ad. Really? Yes, we certainly do. And this week we're going to play a lovely ad, ad from these lovely people. In the tradition of Hitchhiker's Guide, Red Dwarf, and any other show you already like, comes A Brief History of Time Travel, a sci-fi sitcom about love, 
first she did really like me, and then we got to know each other, and then she still didn't really like me. Action! You have to minimise your interactions with people. Try to blend in. What's that on your fist? Tell me that's your blood. I said minimise, not completely avoid. Suspense! You can't shoot me before I'm born. Won't that create some kind of massive paradox? Nope, no paradox. No, that can happen. Yeah. Intrigue. The conspiracy theorists were sure that you were the most likely candidate. They think I was more likely to be Shakespeare than Shakespeare? And excitement. It's a golden rule of time travelling that you can always find a recent newspaper in the nearest rubbish bin. You know, I almost never had to do this kind of thing before I met you. A Brief History of Time Travel. A radio sitcom on the internet. Launching Monday, 23rd of September at abriefhistoryoftimetravel.com. I quite liked playing the role of a dashing adventurer in time with two idiot companions for company. Writing roles. You mean starting fires and fraudulently stealing intellectual property rights? Yes, exactly. Golden days. <laughs> and we're back, and it is time to see what you thought of this episode with the feedback. Uh... <laughs> And I'm going to talk like a radio announcer for some reason. Max Headroom. Um, Why is Max Headroom here? Yeah. Coming to you on 98.7 FM. It's, it sounds the drive time show. <laughs> live, 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 live music, or music, music, all day long. Um, and right, let's so. go to the travel reporter. Eye in the sky. Yes. Do, you, do you know who yes. Alan Partridge yeah. is? Yeah. 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 Uh, Route 85 is completely blocked. Yes. Shane. Yes. Do you reckon they'll know who Alan Partridge is? <laughs> nope. nope. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Route 85 is completely blocked because everybody left the house the same damn time. <laughs> so we have come back, haven't we? We are recording. Yes, yes. Okay, Believe fair. it or not, this is part fair of enough. the show. <laughs> fair oh. enough. Sorry, guys. Stop, can stop fast-forwarding now. <laughs> <laughs> The persons responsible for sacking the previous editors have been sacked. Um, all right, so we're going to start with Russ Greeno, who says, Sorry, I thought I was watching Red Dwarf. I think I've tuned into a pale imitation instead. Ow. Ouch. Good to that start with some positivity. I, I, I thought that that would have been on the last episode. Wow. Okay. This next guy is a... The next guy you read out as an idiot. Um, uh, he yeah. made his. I know he's Phil's favourite with a U. Oh, an idiot! Yeah. I know. I may have forgotten that I was on this episode. Ridiculous. <laughs> just ignore him. Fine. So I, I'll read out my comments. Uh, I've just realised I'll be submitting my comments verbally. Oh, that's my second one. Uh, <laughs> one of my favourites, actually. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who wants to read Darren? All right, Darren. Darren says. I rate this very high. Bringing an A-list actor in the team raises their game enormously. The humor comes most from character traits, which I like. Me too. Um, <laughs> also, I'm fond of Kill Crazy. For a Me guy too. whose only real acting work has been bit parts and adverts, I think he makes the stepped up to real TV very well. And he's very excited Aww. about it, too. <laughs> Nothing wrong with commercial acting. Yeah. Anthony Stewart head, man. I know. Mm. T- Taster's Choice, or what? something gold over there it was. Yeah. Gold oh. label? Was it? Yeah, ne- Nescafe? Nescafe, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they basically reused his commercials for the coffee over there for a, com- for a different brand of coffee over there. <laughs> oh, well, I thought it would be a different name. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, back to Ed Wolf. <laughs> 
back to Red Dwarf. Uh, Phil Baker. Uh, Shane, you want to read him? Uh, some funny comments in this episode. The singing, typing, and the git central lines are two of my all-time favorites. <laughs> the cast have great chemistry in this one. However, there are some real groaners in the first Holly scene. And getting Rimmer and Kinchensky together seems contri- contrived and not as clever as it thinks it may be. Also, Crichton figures out bugs me because it's too wa- hand wavy for my liking. He was reading another ship directive from <laughs> earlier. That's what he figured out. He read it. <laughs> it's clearly labelled on bits of paper that Crichton could read, just like Robert Llewellyn's lines. Because because <laughs> Red Warp has never been hand wavy ever. No, no, never, never, not once, especially not when it comes to cliffhangers. No. <laughs> hey, look! It went back to normal size, just like my body did. Anyway. Oh. Anyway. What happened? Um, oh, that future Ewan's, self shot us. Oh, never mind, go on. <laughs> Ewan Angord says, uh, Yay, I don't have to be mean about Red Dwarf this week. <laughs> uh, Cassandra is a good sci fi plot and is funny on the whole, making it the best episode of Series 8. Hey, spoilers. No, actually, that's not a spoiler. No. Because we tend to disagree with folks about what the best episodes are anyway. Yeah, what's the best what? episode of, these, of Series 3? Of these four, yes, we definitely agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so sometimes we think you folks get it backwards. Oh, <laughs> I'm up by it. I'm going. Thanks oh. for having me. Thanks. It's been nice. Every bloody week. Every um. bloody week. Every bloody week. Hey, I didn't <laughs> say it this time. <laughs> oh, God. Let's see. Um, Cassandra is a good. Oh, wait, I've already said that. Okay. Uh, best of Series 8, right. It's nice that Kachansky gets to be in this episode a bit more than previous ones, true. And I enjoyed the scene between her and Rimmer as they haven't really had much interaction before now. I do agree with Phil, though, that the Crichton figured it out explanation is rather dumb. Yeah. Sam. You know, I didn't really I didn't really think about it until the, these come but yeah, that was just... A, well, then again, I thought Lister figured it out, and I thought that was weird, so... Yeah. Oh, well. Sam Highland says, calling the computer Cassandra is inspired by the person from Greek mythology who could predict the future and foretold her own death following the end of the Trojan War. Uh, the Canaries was a good idea on Doug's part, as as if the boys from the dwarf were just stuck in prison, there would only be so much you can do before you start emulating porridge, but in deep space. Okay. Uh, it's a sitcom in, in a prison. Gotcha. <laughs> I like Ackerman. He is uh, one of the better things to come out of the series, in my opinion. It's one of the better episodes from the series, and the post has arrived. And the post has arrived gag still gets me every time. Sorry, I stumbled over that. I'm <laughs> fading in and out of it. Okay, Ackerman. Which one was Ackerman? Uh, the bold one. No, the bold one. The, the uh, yeah, the god. The, the the governor guy, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Okay. Uh, he was, I mean, he was good. Oh. Uh, yeah, we really didn't talk about him, but yeah, just, I guess, to have your threatening, intimidating warden type, he yeah. <laughs> stepped into those shoes well. Although, I was confused because they made a throwaway joke last time about a warden with, like, a missing eye and, you know some other throwaway joke so I was like okay is that the warden how many wardens are there uh let's see the next up is Cheddarhead Shane if you wanna Cheddarhead um he's the newest member of our little Facebook group hi Cheddarhead thank you Cheddarhead hello Cheddarhead see number 94 
He is number 94, yes. Yeah, Woo! Um, 94. Or she. Could we don't she. know. Could, could be a she. Um... Would that be a Green Bay's Packer fan, do you reckon? Or is, is that is that the Cheeseheads? Am I right about that? I think so. Which Chet is a place. I don't know sports. Yeah. Chet is a place Sorry. as well as a cheese, but uh, he says he or she is from Manchester, so maybe it's more about the cheese. Uh, ah, gotcha. Well, there we go. So I'm, that's me stalking someone by ho- hovering over their name. Sorry. <laughs> and what I love place Manchester is. But anyway, I've never thought much of this episode, but at least it's more like the Red Wolf of old than any other Series 8 episode. And Holly is completely unfunny. Hmm. What is that become Ooh. a dog thing all about? That was funny. Well, at least the male Holly is as unfunny as the female Holly. Oof. Um, you know, I'm actually going to agree. I didn't like the dog joke myself. I Whoa. liked the dog joke. Oh funny. no, Civil War. Yeah, I just thought that it. I was fonder of Holly when he was just screwing with them and playing jokes on them for meanness. But see, that's what I think um, he's still doing. That's what I thought that was. Become a dog, you know. Possibly, well, yeah. possibly, but well, I don't know. Well, when he says um, that you can't fault it mathematically, then that's a snarky <laughs> comment. That's not mm. in earnest. That's anyway. Mm. Uh, Nick Ridley says the decision to take the dwarfers out of the confines of the prison walls so soon after putting them in there seems an odd choice. Um, episodes got good ideas: the canaries, Cassandra, and the chewing gum. Uh, <laughs> though the extent of Cassandra's visions gets rather muddled by the end. I mean, is yeah. her attempt to punish Lister her going off script, as it were, or what? Is that her goal the entire time? Who's eating this chicken? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Did we really want to see a whole episode with them in prison? I think we probably will. Eh. I'd rather them having canary space adventures. And maybe and try and use their canary time to try and escape. You know? And this is where we can't answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I feel like, though, that so they send Lister out on this mission, and yeah, Lister, Cat, and Crichton, at least, and, and yeah, Kachansky to a, I guess in her own reality, and then the short time that she's been with this dwarf crew, mm-hmm. yeah, they are seasoned space scaven- salvagers, and um, yeah, and they're they're going to meet up with, yeah, yeah, they're going to meet up with, uh, with Mal and Jane in, in a minute here, <laughs> and and salvage a ship together. I mean, so I think that they're going to end up kind of doing what Lister had talked about to begin with when he told Rimmer that he could get promoted without all the exam things. Um, and just, yeah, I think that they're going to be able to somehow improve their station on this Red Dwarf because they're really the most experienced at the kind of survivalist tactics. They're, they're the Maquis. They're, they're going <laughs> to... They're going to be able to, to, to get promoted on Voyager through their wit and uh, survival skills. <laughs> so next week they'll be running the ship with absolutely no continuity. Exactly. exactly. And they'll forget completely. <laughs> and then they'll forget no, 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 completely we'll, we'll get a, in jail. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, get a, we'll get a very quick scroll about that and then we'll move on. Um, it's right there. I've always thought I'm trying to not spoil one and put myself back in the mindset that I had at the time. And I thought, well, at some point, maybe they'll come up against something they've met before. And the Red Dwarf crews, ex- uh, sorry, the, the, it's hard to explain what I mean by the four that we've been following since the first episode. Um, yes. 
yeah, that's that they will come. They will have experience of a situation, and yeah, the the remastered crew, the remade crew by the Nadites, will uh, will not. I was, oh, yeah. oh, and I, I get it. It's going to be the polymorph. Well, I think they love bringing back the polymorph. Um, <laughs> have we not seen that enough? Sometimes more effectively than others, <laughs> but yeah. That, that's a possibility. I would say that's probably their, maybe their most popular nemesis. Now they fight the Gelf more, but I was never as impressed with the Gelf as on the whole. Yeah. Depends what the, um, the Gelf's. I think the polymorph technically is a Gelf. I think a Gelf is a wide region, wide ranging term. Oh, that's but, true. That's um, true. Yeah, depends that's what which Gelf. Do you mean the Kinita Wowie? Yeah, those. Yes. Yeah, I see. Okay, I see what you mean because I get confused when people say Gelf because um, Camille was a Gelf as well, so. That's true, yeah. Gelf is genetically engineered life. Yeah, but then, yeah, yeah they just call the... Kinitawawi. The Chinkanichis, uh, the uh, <laughs> the Gelfs. <laughs> they did, yeah. Sometimes. Um, I, there's also the replicants. Um, oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Simulants. Simulants, mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> yes, they, they fight Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> he has seen such beauty. I'll just here to um, quell all the fanboy anger. Uh, not Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> well, yeah, there's Dolph Lundgren too in universe, but I was also thinking Rutger Hauer. Um, so yeah, I don't know, there there are there is that possibility that they're going to that it's going to be a specific villain or situation from the past. But yeah, I just kind of thought that they're going to show themselves to be better spacefarers than the the trained crew. And really, they have to be better than is some crazed prisoners. <laughs> so maybe it's not that yeah. hard. <laughs> Hey, Kill Crazy, I think, is the best of all of at them. Com- at combat, maybe. Oh, see, Kill Crazy... Nah, see, he's Kill Crazy like a Kill Fox. See, he just didn't want to go fight nothing, so he smacked himself on the head on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Um, okay, that's all of our feedback. Hey, if you want to send us some feedback... You can hop on the Facebook group with all the cool people like Cheddarhead and uh, leave some comments there. We have the comments for the new episodes up every week. Um, keep it spoiler-free on the main page. There's also the Red Dwarf Spoilers uh, intro cast group if you're interested in that. So you can, you know, fuss at how clueless Angela and I are. We don't mind. Um, there's also the uh, Twitters. You can Twitter at us at... Oh, oh sorry. Uh, Twitter.com... I'm a, like... Twitter.com slash Red Dwarf Intro. Just say at. Just say at something. Yeah. Uh, And you can um, email us. That's the other thing you can do. At uh, the the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail.com. Spelled G-M-A-I-L. So, yeah. Lots of ways to get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. Maybe even send a voicemail. We like playing those, too. Yeah. so it is time then for ratings, and uh, Paul, you get to rate first. Oh, I, f- I, had, I wish I forgot for a rating system, but yes, um, as I agree with a couple of the commenters, I think one of them is me. Uh, my favorite episode of series eight. Um, when you give Red Dwarf a good plot, then the jokes and the characters come forth, and this is what this episode does. So even. You know, I've been enjoying Series 8 and defending Series 8. I think I'm the ultimate Series 8 defender in the last three episodes because I think it's funny in like in isolated scenes. 
so I'm like willing to put up with some silliness and some bad plotting because at least it's funny it's the characters I love maybe I'm just a fanboy by this stage but this episode is actually you can say it's firing on all cylinders and you don't have to defend it it's not just you know you can sit people down on this and hope don't care if they understand it or not but it's funny and it kind of makes sense of the plot but it's a good plot anyway so you kind of forgive it so yeah I, I really like it and I think I'll give it nine ball crushes out of ten <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Shane, I'm a, again. Uh, I like this episode a lot. I mean, it's it's actually going back to um, season six, Red Dwarf for me. Um, mm. get, let's get rid of all the uh, rubbish um, of the first three episodes out the way, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, so I'm going to give it seven dog years out of ten. Hmm. <laughs> now that would be how many? <laughs> well, by the math they were using, uh, well, yeah, 49 human yeah. years. You can't fault him on his mathematics. Can't. I want to say that they've changed how to calculate dog years now. It's like the first year is 15 and then each subsequent year is five. Okay. But anyway. Um, Love? Oh, oh, I can go. Um, Yeah, I liked it. Um, It reminded me of Future Echoes, which remains one of my favorites. Um, And I like the big Lister Heroes scene at the end. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 fatal chewing gums. <laughs> uh, I liked this episode fairly well. I'm, I would, if this were in another season, I'm. I hate to rate relativistically like this, but yeah, I, I would say this was kind of an average episode, maybe a little above average. Uh, in terms of having just watched back in the red, it's it's brilliant. <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna try and rate it on its own merits, though. I'm going to give it 7.5 new and creative ways to deprive Kachansky of consent. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh. Where'd, you, where'd you go from there? <laughs> where'd we go? Okay, uh, let's see. Stop it. Sorry. Don't, don't do that. No, don't do that. Seriously. Well, if you say, I mean, next you're going to say I've got a theory, and you, oh. you know what's going to happen. Um, okay. So, uh, that, that was our ratings. We get to... <laughs> well played, sir. Well Sorry. Played. Uh, well, uh, it is time for some quotes, and you get to quote first. I just did. Um, I want to get this quote right, but it's when um, Rumor's talking about seeing the posters in the men's bogs, and uh, Lister says, it's being in the men's bogs is a lot like golf. You concentrate on your grip, look directly ahead and uh, keep your eye on the ball and try not to veer I've ruined it but it's very funny (laughs) (laughs) I don't have them in front of me but that was the funniest joke for me it's like keep your eye on the ball I'll forget it I'm not going to do it again (laughs) that's my favourite quote the end (laughs) (laughs) oh dear I practised that I'm afraid it's not going to happen the burkhead has just given way and we're shipping in water at 10,000 gallons a second all the canaries will be dead within the, in, within the hour. Except for Rimmer. Yes! <laughs> Who will be dead in 20 minutes. 
He says he's got the power of ignorance, and Crichton says, and with the ignorance that he's got, that makes him one of the most powerful men that's ever lived. <laughs> Harness your stupidity, sir. Employ your witlessness. Use your empty-headed, simplistic moron mind to find the, the solution. <laughs> Actually, I, I like even Kachansky gets a good line mm. in this one. It's like um, someone says, I think this says that like, I'm not going to kill you, and I was like, oh, but Cassandra promised. <laughs> really nice. like that and I got one out without ruining it. Yay! Yay. Okay, here, here's just my favorite. If the future's all worked out, horoscopes, all that stuff, it means we're not responsible for anything we do. It means we're just actors saying lines in a script written by someone else. I don't want to believe that. I want to believe I'm in charge of my own life, my own destiny. So I'm not going to kill you, Cassandra. I'm out of here. But you do kill me. I've seen it. Tomorrow's a new day. Fresh page in a book that's not been written yet. What happens in the future is up to me, not some predetermined destiny, Smeg. I'll see you, kidda. I'm like, oh, <laughs> there's my luster. <laughs> yeah. That's what Kachansky says last year, so... I will get my quote out. Oh, carry on. Sorry. But why would I want to sleep with you? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Or maybe you get blown drunk. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't in- exclude my other four senses. <laughs> <laughs> Once the lister says that... Uh, Yes, it's, uh, that's what's going to happen to Cassandra. Crichton figured it out. Oh, Crichton figured it out, did he? Crichton figured it out. Couldn't have took a bit longer to figure it out, could he? But an hour, 20 minutes, 10, two would have done. <laughs> you know, I was thinking of quoting it, but when she said that uh, Lister chokes to death trying to remove a bra with his teeth, yeah. Could someone be strangling him with a bra? Mm. He wouldn't be able Could to... someone be strangling him to death with women's undergarments? Would you be able to bite down if it was around your neck? Right? I mean, well, yeah, maybe he's like trying to crane his neck, or, or maybe maybe the teeth weren't in his head. Who knows? Um, <laughs> okay, this isn't a quote, but when Rimmer explains to Lister what the canaries are, then the... Uh, Lister laying his head on the table and then pounding the back of his head with his <laughs> fist was brilliant. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. You know, I'm not seeing as many cat quotes. No, singing Taipan is better. I think he had two lines. In, I mean, oh, yeah, I've got one funny one from the cat, wasn't it? It's like, um,. We're getting to be experts at this. Yes. What, drinking coffee? Drinking coffee? We've done it loads of times. Of course we are. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, his two lines came in a row because the last line in the scene before that is the 
um, do we get back to Earth? Can we? Do we find out if the human race is still alive? Do I ever find my singing tapping? <laughs> and all that. So that was two. I think that's the two cut lines at the minute. Mm-hmm. Ooh, there's another quote. Um, hey, I've been surviving in space five, six years. When it comes to weirdy, paradoxy space stuff, I've bought the T-shirt. He bought it, and I ironed it for him. Oh, yes, that was good. I'm trying to work out what a singing tie pin is. Is it a, tie, a pin for a tie that goes over a tie that sings? Yeah. Yeah, you, they're used as, like, cheesy Christmas gifts or Father's oh. Day gifts. Uh, oh. you, yeah, it's a tie pin, and then you hit the button, and it makes you... Really annoying electronic uh, noise. I assume yeah. you can get Dalek ones. When, when I was... Ooh, now see, that would be cool. I want mm. that. When mm. I was a little kid, my mom had hair bows that sang uh, and you bopped it uh, and you know it played the Christmas music um, except there was one that you had to bop really really hard so my friends at school would try to make it sing and I would end up with a headache <laughs> oh, nice <laughs> There's my childhood didn't think trauma. that through <laughs> or did she cranial trauma <laughs> and that made your wisdom teeth come through wrong yeah. <laughs> Indeed. It's all been accounted for. <laughs> it's just that she's got so much wisdom that they were just oversized. Aha! I'll stretch again. Ostrich. What is? What oh, is, what I, is I, it's, it's my. Uh, it's from Family Guy. It's when the uh, two and a half men is filmed oh. into a live ostrich. Gotcha. So every I time see. I laugh ah. now, I'm like a sort of, in yeah. a sort of yeah, <laughs> that's funny way in a kind of sarcastic. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> I may be milking it a bit. <laughs> no, no, I just wasn't catching the reference. I remember that now, though. Can you yeah, I was just ostrich? hoping. <laughs> I was hoping yeah. you weren't going to notice, to be honest. <laughs> and apparently, they started doing that on Cheers. The Cheers is filmed in front of a live studio audience because in the first season, people complained about the awful canned laughter. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't canned laughter, it was yeah. the audience. It's the so ultimate like, joke. It's in any sitcom now, now that we've gone all post office both I guess both iterations of the office but mm-hmm. everyone thinks that any laughter is canned but no there's still traditional sitcoms around and they have to sort of just make a big deal of it it's been quite a big debate over here actually but audience performance versus realism uh, and I'm sure Red Dwarf can fit into that because it's done both well, they so, need yeah. to and get, I've, I've watched they need to get the studio audiences from um, like Family Matters or <laughs> Fresh Prince you know the the ones that would have the huge reactions. Well, it's, Wait, if you listen, those live? Fresh Prince was, I think. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, because I've seen the outtakes episode when he runs, they wave from the, uh, the audience. But yeah, um, it's just, if you look back on series one of Red Dwarf and how the audience is like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but and then <laughs> the reaction, the reaction in series two when in Crichton the audience are sort of overcompensating because it's finally like they've seen this series they've become fans of it and now they're finally seeing it in front of them they're sort of overdoing it and laughing so hard someone laughs you know they have to wait five ten seconds before they can continue the scene and it's just the change in audience reaction in one and two is just Mm. bizarre now you look back on it you think wow yeah (laughs) because when when you go to it in series one you're just an audience you don't know what the series is no one's a fan of it because it's brand new it hasn't been on tv you're just watching it so you're like oh yeah it's good and but you've also got sort of a fanboy element when you've seen it on tv and then you go to see it your favorite characters in front of you so i've tried to watch the 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 uk office and it's it's rough and i don't mean i i I don't mean that it's not good 
I don't mean that it's not good. What I'm saying is that Ricky Gervais's humor is just a good bit darker. Oh than, yeah. So like it's emotionally rough seeing what these people go through. Yeah. Now there's yeah. there's it's funny. It's funny as all get out. But it's like I watch an episode and I'm like. I don't want to go through that again for another few weeks. And I'll watch it again then. See if I'm in nah, a good enough mood to not feel miserable with my life. I know what you mean. I'm too sympathetic yeah. for most sitcoms. When it comes to, like, faulty towers or something, I just feel sorry for them. Yeah. Um, the Brit- you've not seen it, but The British Empire is the big one for that as a kid, which is Chris Barry's other sitcom. And it's just basically, I, you know, he's supposed to be a... a it was before the office but it was he's supposed to be a, a silly boss you know someone who's been promoted up just to get him out of the way mm-hmm. he's got a stupid voice and he makes silly mistakes but he's got the best intentions he's trying his best in every situation and then it ends up falling around him and people you know connive behind his back and and yes he get he's a bit stupid himself but uh, it always ends at the, every episode of him in some ridiculous situation that i ended up feeling sorry for but everyone else is laughing their heads off like getting electrocuted or something it's like well this isn't nice right. he's tried his hardest to be a good person now he's being electrocuted all and it's like this isn't very nice <laughs> and i didn't see the comedy yes. so that's why i like stuff like red dwarf you know yeah yeah like, anyway. the, the american office it got a bit lighter as time went on yeah. mm. um like they they tried to replicate the feel of the British office with the first season and it wasn't quite working and then mm. when they started making their own show it became a good show in its own right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the 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 feel of of the the office with Ricky Gervais is really. Mm. I feel so bad for for Watson there. <laughs> I, I, know, I gotta call him Are Watson. Are you mean Bilbo? <laughs> yes, poor Bilbo. No, he's half a dent. <laughs> Come on. Well. And on that note, um, <laughs> what are we this watching has been Office time? Cast. Yes, what are we watching next time, Shane? Crikey TV. What, what Say again? Crikey TV. Oh. That Spell Crikey. Right. K-R-Y-T-I-E. Like Criters. Crikey. Crikey TV. So it's going to be a point of view episode where we see the entire thing from Crichton's head. No, I think he's going to try to uh, shorten their um, prison sentence by uh, getting permission to form his own TV show <laughs> for Cat and Lister in the morning. <laughs> and they're all going to have segments, inclu- including the Kill Crazy Hour. Where he just <laughs> screams at all of them. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, Kachansky's will get. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. It's a clip. Say, how big is the female po- uh, prison population? I don't know. We've only seen one. Two. Yeah, you've seen quite as well. <laughs> oh yes. Well, there you go. Yeah, and that's that's a bit better. disturbing. Now that I think about it. It's a clip show, all right? It's just an hour of Robert Llewellyn talking to the camera saying, you remember this funny thing when we got moved? No. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's silly. Robert Llewellyn doesn't remember anything. <laughs> Do you remember? Ah, oh, the fan favourite poll. Ah, backwards. Let's watch that. No. <laughs> Give that one a miss. Um, the one thing, actually, I did forget to uh, mention on this episode, actually, is where this episode came in the Silver Survey. Mm. Where did this episode come in the Silver Survey? This episode come in the Silver Survey as I... No, the Silver Survey is on my computer right now. It come... It come number 43. Number 43. That's... 
when was this particularly high is it when was this poll created uh early this year oh so it's all episodes Hmm. okay and how how many episodes are we up to now like 70 uh no one that was at this uh 43 no we're not uh (laughs) Fifty-two, forty-seventh, I think. The forty-seventh, forty-eighth. No, I mean, I'm sorry. How many episodes are in existence? Sorry, now? I do apologize. So sixty. Like, sorry, I do apologize. Uh, sixty-one. Okay, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I'd put so it higher 40, than that. Yeah, forty-three. That's that's pretty low. But you know what, though, um, it may be it may be season syndrome. Mm-hmm. It could be that that people are thinking mm-hmm. of episodes like Back in the Red Part Three with Series Eight, and so episodes <laughs> like Cassandra suffering in the ratings. Mm, I don't know. It's, oh, if you think back to other series like Doctor Who, some really bad seasons have good episodes and get voted up. I should say um, on this yeah. very same poll, mm-hmm. um, uh, since Cassandra was forty third, stoke me a clip. Stoke me a clipper was only one place higher at forty second. Yeah, again. This poll is. Did they have back in the red as three parts or just one? Uh, three parts. Three parts. Yeah. And where did they mm. land? Uh, as I uh, back in the red part one was fifty first. Mm. Uh, back in the red part two was fifty seventh. <laughs> and back in the red part three was fifty ninth. Oh, God. That's about right. Um, <laughs> but no, I still don't understand Stoke Me a Clipper not being higher. Oh, no. Yeah. So. Again, that could be season syndrome. Maybe you got a point there. Yeah. Because I don't like Series 7, but I like Stoke Me a Clipper, so... I, I agree. Well, I agree. <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> You're high, it's fine. <laughs> Alright, um... She's high on pain meds. Obviously. Yeah. High, yeah. yes. I just meant she's above me. She's way above yes. me in the structure of the podcast. She's so high. Uh, anyway. Um, okay, well, let's go ahead and sign off before I sink more. Uh, Paul, thank you for coming by. We always thanks. enjoy it. Thanks for having me. I say, I hope I stick the chain of uh, every second episode of every second series. We'll see what we can do. Somebody else has already signed. But we, we will see, yes. No, but you, you weren't here for series two, episode two. Oh. But I'm... I can do it again. Had, I mean, when you finish, we, you're going to go back through it again, aren't you? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, n- no, never mind then. That, it seems unlikely at this point. Yeah. I, I doubt that anybody's going to want to hear us. Besides, we'd have um, to watch backwards again. Oh, oh love. <laughs> Stop picking at it. You can watch it forwards this time. It's much better. <gasps> That's what happened. Yeah. We just need to watch it in reverse. <laughs> Um, Alright, well, so next week... Okay, so yeah, our theories were... I'm saying that Crytie TV is going to be a point of view episode, all with the Crichton screen, with funny little messages scrolling across. Um, and Angela is saying it's going to be Crichton starting up a TV network. Third possibility... They exploit their prisoners for cheap labor, or, I'm sorry, free labor, hmm. and possible execution when it suits them. Maybe they're going to uh, have, like, gladiator games and just film the prisoners against their will and show them to the crew for their uh, amusement. But I'm sticking with my first guess. <laughs> so you just mentioned that one just in case as a backup? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just, just to get all, all theories out there. <laughs> so. Okay, so see you next week. 
Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.